It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Gamble on, fellas. Gamble on. Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, US Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, US Bets Senior Analyst Jeff Edelstein, who finished in a solid sixth place out of 15 in the US Bets Sports Handle Office Football Pool, a mere five spots behind yours truly. Yes, that's right. I am the champion. I went 39 and 27 over the 11 weeks the contest ran. I played the long game, Jeff. I sucked at NFL picks on the podcast for five years, lulled everyone into a false sense of security, and then kicked ass when there was money on the line. Meanwhile, you came up five points short while skipping one week of picks entirely. Any regrets? Or was that part of your long game to help me win and fluff my ego? Uh, yeah, I completely flaked two weeks worth of these picks. I, I mean, I, you know, I got a lot going on, Eric. Uh, you know, I, I forgot to place the picks first. We, so here's the thing. Uh-huh. The first time I forgot to place the picks, uh, I was they auto picked for me. Right. And I went six for six. <laughs> yes. Which tells you just about everything you need to know about my NFL betting season. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the second time I forgot to place the picks, it did not auto pick. So it was just I got nothing. So, yeah, some regrets, I guess you could say. I wish I had entered. I guess. I mean, although if, I'm sure if I entered picks that first week, I would not have gone six or six. Right. So it's probably a wash all in all. But how, how much how much was this thing? How much did you win? Uh, I won uh, two hundred dollars of our boss's money. And uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I'll be uh, thrilled to uh, plow it all right into a few slightly below the cash line playoff DFS lineups. And, uh, and it'll be gone quickly enough, I think. But yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say that you're missing a week entirely and going on auto pick that other week uh, pr- pretty much cancel each other out, I guess. But I, I didn't realize if you uh, that I guess it, you're limited to one auto pick a week where it bails you out. And after that, it, it doesn't do the I don't know if were you like expecting, well, I just won't do it this week and auto pick no, no, may no, save no. me again or no. I, okay. I'm, I'm notoriously terrible at like the like every year, like Smiley's always like, hey, you want to join this? Like he runs this like awesome pool you know right. but I, it's it, it i just i forget to to put the picks in because i got between fantasy right dfs you know underdog regular betting like it's like it's usually the last thing on my mind and so i i, I, I love that nowhere in that list was uh parenting or uh being a husband or oh, any of that no, 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 no. <laughs> or, or it's, it's implied it's implied yeah, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay 
implied. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll note about my uh, victory here that I had a great winning percentage, but I didn't do a great job picking my so-called key picks, which aligns nicely with me not being very good at my weekly lock picks in the bagels and locks segment. Um, and I, I should also probably acknowledge that we, we get to take advantage of stale lines in, in this contest, lined lock uh, I think Wednesday night, and then we can make picks up until 1 p.m. Sunday. So I definitely took advantage of those. So my my 59% win percentage, I don't think it means I'm all that sharp. I was probably right around 50-50 on non-stale lines. Well, that's that's awfully nice of you to say that. <laughs> Look, money is money. That's the important thing, really. There you so, go. There right. you go. Uh, thank you to everyone out there for joining us for episode number 224 of Gamble On. If you missed any of our previous 223 episodes, they're all available on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. Please give us a five-star rating, one star for every point that Jeff finished behind me in the office pool. So, uh, yeah, I mean... I, you know, now I'm looking for. You know, I'm going to set. I'm going to set an alarm on my phone next year, so to, okay. to not miss any of these. Good picks. plan. That's, right. that's my plan. Uh, but in the meantime, coming up a little later on, we're going to be joined by uh, Rotor Grinders and Scores and Odds, Chris Prince, better known to everyone in uh, in the DFS world as Beer Makers fan. Uh, this is a guy that kind of accidentally, he didn't even realize it, got me into DFS way back when. But uh, before we get to that interview, Eric, as always, plenty of news to cover. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. A week ago, we were talking about Ohio having pulled off a fairly smooth sports betting launch, and it has been successful overall. But if there's been one bumpy element to it, it's the way the Ohio Casino Control Commission has smashed all records for fines handed out to sportsbooks. Before sports betting even launched, Barstool Sportsbook and DraftKings were fined in Ohio for marketing to minors. Last Thursday, BetMGM, Caesars, and DraftKings, again, got fined $150,000 each for failing to meet responsible gambling requirements. Specifically, Ohio has rules that most states don't have about calling something a risk-free bet, when in fact we know they are not risk-free, and these operators seem not to have updated their marketing materials to avoid that disallowed wording in Ohio. Ohio is cracking down like no other state before it, and while the size of the fines isn't going to put these major operators out of business, they're big enough that the books will quickly tire of paying them. So what's your take on this, Jeff? Is the OCCC being an annoying killjoy, or is this actually what the industry needs, someone taking action to clean up the wording in sportsbook promotions? You know, honestly, good for the OCCC. You know, I'm down with the OCCC. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know me. Uh, <laughs> Knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, it had to. Um, but yeah, I'm down with the OCCC. Uh, it'd be better if it was just OCC. It would really make this go smoother. Yeah. But no, I, listen, we are still in Wild West territory here when it comes to sports betting. It's a state-by-state thing. These legislators don't know, hold from handle, so you can't expect them to like you know know what the hell they're doing here. And I think Ohio took a long, hard look at what's been going on, in, you know, in the nation with the, you know, in every other state, and put in some rules to hold these sports books accountable. These risk-free bets that we know aren't risk-free. I mean, that really is—it's shitty marketing, honestly. Yeah. You know, it, it's not right. Uh, so I'm glad the OCCC is doing something about it, and hopefully, other states take note 
And let I mean, let's not call them risk free. Let's call them what they are. They are you get two shots mm-hmm. to, to, to win. You know, I mean that it's it's not risk free. So no, I, I'm I'm happy that the OC, that somebody, and in this case the OCCC, is doing something about it. And yeah, those fines these are not like you know slap on the wrist. These are this is serious money. Well, maybe not. Uh, it, it's all relative, I guess. I, I feel like it's both a slap on the wrist and serious money. If it keeps happening over and over, it could add up to serious money. But yes. for these books, uh, one fine is kind of a slap on the wrist. But yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's kind of a ticky tack thing, and and I see why no other states have fined anyone over this stuff. But uh, but ultimately, I, I land in the same place as you that it's worth it for the OCCC to do this. Um, that I think phasing out the term risk free, yeah, it, it, it's time for that to go. The books don't seem to have a good replacement for that term. As we've discussed, FanDuel's no-sweat bet is also false marketing, if if maybe not quite as bad as risk-free. So, yeah, what you said, the the two shots, that lines up with uh, the suggestion that I've got here. What, What do you think of this, Jeff? Double shot. You know, sign up with our sports book and automatically get a double shot bet up to five hundred dollars. Take a shot, and if it doesn't win, get a second shot on the house. What do you think? Good? Yeah. No good? I think no. I'm. I'm it's pretty good. Okay. I'm, I'm down with it. All right. I'm not. As, I'm not. I'm not as down with it as I am with the OCCC, but I'm down with it. <laughs> right. Well, you can only be so down with something, and there's I only. Think... I, I only have so much down to go around. <laughs> right. Yes. I've heard that about you. Yes. Yes. Um, side story here on uh, on consequences of rules being broken in Ohio. Have you paid attention to this Bernie Kosar thing? Yeah, it's such another like bullshitty bullshit bullshit. <laughs> Jill re- wrote about it. I saw. Yeah, yeah. So uh, to just uh, clue anyone in who's listening who doesn't know, he placed the ceremonial first bet at, at Tipico, a nineteen thousand dollar bet on a Browns game with the potential winnings going to charity. And promptly got fired from his gig as a radio broadcaster for the Browns because he violated the NFL's employee wagering policy, claiming he didn't know he counted as an NFL employee, which I, I could understand. I'd say, you know, Kosar bears some responsibility for knowing what the rules are and and the fact that he's an employee. But also, it was well publicized that he would be making this first bet. How did nobody with the Browns or with the NFL or someone at Tipico, how did nobody point out that he shouldn't do this? until after he'd done it. Uh, you know, maybe maybe he sucks as a radio announcer and the Browns were looking for an excuse to replace him. I, I don't know. But I do think, you know, sort of like the Miles Austin thing, we, we keep seeing these penalties that are way too harsh. You, you had to fire him. You, you couldn't discipline him in some other way, a, a brief suspension, a, a forced additional charitable donation, something. I don't know. No, it's ridiculous. I, I it's 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 unfair. It's stupid. And it and it's going to charity. It's not like he was even doing right. this for himself. I mean, it's this is so nonsensical. The NFL needs to fix this. It's yeah. nonsensical. Yeah. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, 
all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. Uh, next up here, let's talk handle and revenue numbers. And we have two important states to look at this month. First to New York, the biggest sports betting state in the country. December numbers are in, which means full 2022 numbers are in. And for the year, New York produced $16.2 billion in wagers, $1.36 billion in operator revenue, and $692.8 million in tax revenue as New York, in less than a year of mobile betting, became the all-time leader in tax revenue. The other notable revenue report comes from Maryland, which completed its first full month of mobile betting in December following a Thanksgiving week launch. The handle was $497.1 million. The hold rate was a ridiculous 17.1%, but surely those numbers were inflated by people making big promo bets and taking shots they wouldn't otherwise take. The more interesting statistics to me are how the various sports books did relative to each other. Like in most states, FanDuel was number one in handle, and DraftKings was number two, while BetMGM was a very distant third. But in a surprise, Barstool finished fourth, just ahead of Caesars. Uh, points bet was sixth, and Bet Rivers was way behind the rest, seventh out of seven. Jeff, your thoughts? Uh, should the folks at Caesars be worried that their marketing efforts aren't working? Or do you say, eh, it's one state, one month, let's not overreact? No, I mean, I think Caesars, I mean, if they're not content with being, you know, the fourth or fifth biggest book, wherever they are, they, they should be worrying. I mean, it's, it's, it's a similar story in Michigan. Uh, Caesars is going to be consistently fourth or fifth battling with Barstool, um, you know, far, far behind FanDuel and DraftKings. And then another big step behind BetMGM. I mean, clearly FanDuel, DraftKings and BetMGM are the three big dogs in the race right now. Uh, you know, can Caesars, can Barstool, can, you know, you know, who bet three sixty five, who knows? Can somebody like eventually topple them? I mean, I guess, but for now, I, I mean no. I, I mean Caesars is not a tier one book in in, in in you know the in the eyes of American betters. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we hear a lot about sort of this there's like this big four narrative, but I think it's clearly clearly inaccurate. And I, I don't even know if I'd go with a big three. It's it's a big two. It's really a big two. Yeah. I mean yeah. the the specific numbers for December in Maryland in terms of handle, it was FanDuel 236 million, DraftKings 158 million, BetMGM 42 million. So that's already a giant gap there. Right. And then Barstool at 16.4 and Caesars at 15.6. Um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think this is clearly a, a big two situation. Uh, as for New York, people will recall when uh, then-Governor Cuomo projected $500 million in taxes in a year, and, and there were some doubts about whether that number was too high, and they almost got $700 million in the first year. Of course, the other way of looking at this story, New Yorkers lost $1.36 billion in one year to sports betting operators, so not sure how sustainable that is. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sustainable, I bet. I mean, you know, there's New York is New York. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, you know, it, I mean, how do I phrase this the way I want to say it? It's its own thing. The the state could get away with charging this, you know, a, you know, crazy tax rate because the operators have to be in New York. They can't not be right. in New York, you know. And, you know, I, I think sports betting isn't going away, obviously. Anytime, you know, I mean, it's just getting started. Right. So I, I think, you know, they'll continue to see like this huge tax. And what I'm curious to see, honestly, is what happens now. So like, if Oklahoma legislators or some small state say, hey, we want to tax you at 51 percent, I think the sports books might just say to hell with you, you right. know, not interested. But California, Florida, Texas, I'd have to imagine that 
you know, at least a few legislators in those states are looking at New York and saying, well, shit, why aren't we going to ask for that much money? You know? Yeah. And I think and I think if they do, the operators would have to kind of bow right down to it. What are they going to do? Right. It's California, especially I, whatever the tax rate is, I, I would think that with that population, the big books are going to say it's it's worth paying. I mean. You know, will will they shoot for fifty one percent in any of those states? I'm not sure, but at least you know Pennsylvania is like thirty six, which used right. to be the the, uh, the the one that was way out of line with everybody else. I think at the very least, I, I would expect the Florida, California, Texas to to shoot for something in that range. And I'm also curious to see if other states at some point say, you know, we're not making anywhere near what we thought. Uh, you know, New Jersey and Michigan come to mind immediately, but those two states do have casino right. uh, at tax at a higher rate, and they're making money hand over fist there, you know, with the tax dollar. So hard to say. Yeah, I mean, it's so right. So the, the way that the state looks to increase what they're making from all this, I guess they have two options, either add online casino or after the fact pass some new legislation that raises the tax rate a little bit on the sports betting and we'll see uh we'll see which states do that but certainly the we as we've discussed there are a couple that are already kicking around the online casino idea yep all right let's finish the news segment with something different something a little more fun FanDuel announced a super bowl promo this week unlike any previous ideas with a lot of money to be distributed based on Rob Gronkowski's ability to play place kicker uh during a live super bowl commercial Gronk will attempt to kick a field goal from what distance? We have no idea. But if he puts the kick through the uprights, FanDuel will give away $10 million, divided among every customer who placed a bet of $5 or more on the Super Bowl. They're calling it the Kick of Destiny, which I guess is a play on the Tenacious D movie that nobody saw called Pick of Destiny. Uh, what are your thoughts on this promo, Jeff? Brilliant marketing? Lame gimmick? Both? Neither? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's Gronk, so it's fun. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll laugh though, if he misses and then everyone's right. going to complain, they're going to want their money back anyway on the bets that they made. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm sure it would be a bad look for Gronk to actually go ahead and miss the field goal and for FanDuel to not pay out the $10 million. Yeah. You know? So, but also at, you know, $5 about how many, how many people are going to bet on this? Right. I mean, it's, I, you know, whatever. I'll bet my five bucks on FanDuel so that I could collect my, you know, buck and a quarter and free bets, <laughs> you know. Right. Why have they not? have they said whether it's going to be in in free bets versus uh, in actual money? They haven't, oh, but I, I guess one assumes some some form of site credit, not like money you can immediately withdraw. But I, I guess for a buck and a quarter, it doesn't make that big of a difference. Yeah, I mean seriously, like how many? I mean, I I don't I don't know the you know the, they they don't tell you how many people bet with them in the course of a year, but I'd have right. to imagine you know they're the biggest book out there. It's mm-hmm. a healthy number, so yeah, I mean ten you know ten million divided by you know. Whatever the number is going to be, it's not going to be a lot of money. Ten million customers, right? Yeah, it might be. It might be, be more. Who knows? You yeah, know? yeah. Um, I, I, I had a similar thought that, uh, you know, absolute best case scenario for the people who bet it would be that uh, they have like two million customers and. You know, the, you're getting like five bucks out of this. I, I can't see it being uh, anything above that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm also wondering if this is really going to be live. Like, how can we know right. for sure that it's live unless Gronk starts by telling us the score of the game and, and what happened on the most recent play or something like that to prove it's live. And, and then there's no camera cut after that. But like you, I, 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 I figure... FanDuel has to be doing something to make sure that this kick goes in. Uh, it's just so bad for their image. You know, we may give away $10 million. Psych, we aren't giving away any money. Thanks for right. signing up and depositing with FanDuel. So 
it's got to go in. I, so I don't know if that means he's doing like a, an 18 yard chip shot or what it's going to be. But it, yeah, it's it, it's a weird thing where $10 million is really nothing to FanDuel and it's going to be almost nothing to the customers in the end. I still think it's a pretty brilliant piece of marketing and that, you know, people are going to be really paying attention to this commercial. It'll get a lot of attention. I looked it up. Super Bowl ad cost something like $7 million. So at that point, what's another $10 million to give away? They're going to get their money's worth out of this and then some. But the kick really has to go in or they end up looking like jerks. <laughs> For sure. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, it would have been more interesting if they were given $10 million away, but given like a million dollar grand prize or something in free bets. That would be Yeah, that, that, you know, I wonder if it's too late for them to pivot a little bit, have a drawing among the among everyone who does the $5 bet and qualifies then a drawing like even yeah once one person wins a million or 10 people win a hundred thousand or, or something to make this more than just everybody sweating whether they're going to have a dollar added to their account or right. <laughs> yeah, the, the complaints the next day are going to be fun to watch but you know God, what what happens if it's like 18 million people and everyone gets like 60 cents like, <laughs> right that's <laughs> good Twitter will have a field day with that one. <laughs> yeah. It's what, I, yeah, you know, the more I think about it, it was like, my first thought was, wow, great marketing idea. But uh, yeah, I wonder if it's going to end up being worth worth the backlash when all is right. said and done. Right. It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview. The NFL playoffs are here. We no longer have 32 teams to worry about, just 14. An ideal time to reset, reevaluate, and talk about the odds. Joining us now is a longtime DFS contributor to Roto Grinders. He makes picks for scores and odds. He's the host of the DFS OGs pod on the Roto Grinders network. And he's a Packers fan, which means he's not happy about how Week 18 went, but at least he can assess the playoffs unencumbered by rooting interests. He is Chris Prince, better known as Beer Makers fan or just beer. Chris, welcome to Gamble On. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Love the show. Excited. Uh, yes, my Packers were eliminated, but I got to say, D- Detroit was the better team on that day. And, you know, I, I actually live in the Michigan area, born and raised in Wisconsin, so still a cheesehead, still loyal to all my teams, but... <laughs> very much in the mix here in Detroit and boy, are they excited? You know, I was hoping that game would, would come down to a playoff spot. Baker Mayfield couldn't help us out with that, but you got to be impressed by what, what the lions did and went in and took that game. So green Bay's underproduced all year. They deserve to be on the sidelines. So I'm ready to look at some other teams. I, I got to jump in. I'm, I love the lions. I want to, I want to be Dan Campbell's like helper, whatever it takes, <laughs> but I'm glad they didn't make the playoffs because I would have not been able to not, everything on them you yeah know? i'm with you that that would have been that would have been a fun game i i think them in, in san francisco i don't know that they have a shot but i think they got a better shot than seattle would have yeah, so yeah. Uh, we'll see future's bright in detroit for sure yep. yeah well you are about the least sore loser that i've ever heard in my life to take take your team getting eliminated that gracefully i'm a, i'm impressed i guess i well, guess you've I been mean, around long in michigan you, you yeah. know these people have suffered for so long and the last thing i want to hear is boohoo green bay we didn't make the playoff like <laughs> I've right. I've had a pretty my whole life has basically been Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So right. I, I, I wish we had more Super Bowls to show for it, but pretty spoiled. So I, I guess I could sit on the sidelines once in a while. It's a great attitude. All right, so let's let's talk about some of the teams that are still in the hunt. Uh, do you see Super Bowl value 
on any of the remaining teams. You know, you have the Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, and 49ers all at pretty short money, five to one or lower. Then the Bengals are about eight to one, and everyone else is a pretty hefty return. Is there a team whose price you like the most? So I want to start in the, in the early range because it's a team I grabbed before the season started, kind of doubled down middle of the year, and at San Francisco, and happy I did. I mean, they, they are looking incredible on both sides of the ball. The addition of Christian McCaffrey obviously has helped. Brock Purdy has been much better than I think a lot of people thought he would be. So kind of filling that that Jimmy G role, and it's just a perfect system for him. So the value feel sucked out of that. I mean, I was in at 17-1, to 1, in again at 14. So now at 5, I still think there's some decent value if you believe in them. Their road to the NFC Championship looks fairly easy. So still think there's a little bit of value there. But as far as some of the, the longer-range ones, Dallas really stands out to me, guys. And I know mm. Dallas is a team. You never know what you're going to get. Can Dak Prescott keep the turnovers under control? But they have what it takes. I know they're dealing with some defensive injuries, and, and that may hurt them. You got to get through Tom Brady. I know we're going to talk about that here as well. But I think Dallas is a team with enough where they can go on the road. Defense travels, the old saying in the playoffs. I think they can go on the road and do some damage. So out of any of those teams down there, I think they have the most realistic shot at landing in the Super Bowl. Tough road. I mean, going through Philly, San Francisco, not going to be easy. They look like the most talented team down there if you're looking for a longer shot. Okay. Before uh, Jeff uh, follows up with that uh, that question about the Bucks uh, and, and Dallas having to go through them, I want to ask you a, a follow-up on, on the other team that you mentioned, San Francisco. Just what is the concern level about the rookie quarterback who's looked great so far, but the history of rookie quarterbacks actually getting it done in the playoffs isn't great. How confident are you that this team has a, enough strengths and knows how to use Purdy that they can actually defy the history of rookie quarterbacks? I think the system is what it is. I mean, he's in the perfect system with Shanahan where they're not going to ask him to do a lot, you know, and they have so many guys that you put the ball in their hands. They're going to make things happen. You know, Debo is back now. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, McCaffrey. That running game got stronger with the return of Elijah Mitchell, who we saw look pretty good uh, in week 18. So, yes, he is the concern. I mean, you look at everything that they have lined up. The defense looks strong. The weapons are there. He is certainly the concern. But I hate to say it, it may be a hot take. I don't think he's that far of a drop-off. From Jimmy Garoppolo. And in fact, this kid looks confident. He looks poised. He's looked nothing but good so far this this in this run. So uh, yes, he's the concern, but I think it's the perfect system. If he's on another team, he's stepping in. Maybe the concern level is higher, but Shanahan has a long track record of making things work with say a subpar quarterback. And I think that's what you're going to see here out of them this this postseason. You know, speaking of those bucks, right? So Listen, you got Evans and Godwin, arguably, you know, still a top five tandem, you know, the wide receiver duo. Playoff Lenny seems to be a thing. Tom Brady, you know, let me just check real quick. He's been to 311 championship <laughs> games. So he's got the experience. I mean, is it possible that these guys were playing possible a little bit, that they weren't giving, I don't want to say giving it all, but maybe holding back a little bit? And now that the playoffs are here, it's like, you know, they're pulling the plugs and they might be a real dangerous team. I'm, I will never count out Tom Brady. I, yeah. I've lost a lot of money betting <laughs> against Tom Brady and thinking he's going to retire and he's washed and we've heard it all. And the guy just continues to defy the odds. So he's the thing I feel good about. The problem is the, the body of work. I mean, they just have not looked like a good football team all season long. So to go through 18 weeks and then suddenly you're going to turn it on, find that hard to believe. Now, could they beat Dallas? Yes. Dallas has shown they're a very beatable team. 
But for that team to go on the road and beat a Philadelphia, beat a San Francisco, that to me would be they would need Tom Brady to really be at his best. And we've certainly seen that down the stretch of games. You know, they've been down. They've made some, some miracle comebacks. I just don't know with the health of that offensive line. It's going to get tougher as you go along. Dallas, pretty fierce pass rush. You know, I think that's the biggest mismatch in this game is Dallas's defensive pass rush against this offensive line. You put pressure on Tom Brady. That's when he starts to struggle. So is it possible? Yes, I am never, ever, ever going to count Tom Brady out until the clock says zero. He's eliminated. Okay. I mean, the guy even retired on us and then reappeared. So I don't, I don't put anything past Tom Brady, but I just, this team, I don't know. They just don't look like the same team that we've seen look strong in the past. I'd find it shocking for them to move past the second round, beating Dallas. That, that would not shock me to see them beat a San Francisco Buff or Philadelphia on the road would be a big time shock to me. All right, so you are ready to lose more money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah apparently so. <laughs> um, so the the first round game that uh, that really appeals to me is this Chargers Jaguars game. It's the, it's the closest thing on this week's slate to a pick'em. The line has moved a little bit between one, two and a half. Um, the Jags blew them out. That was really early in the season, though. Does that mean much to you? And, and also. I personally lost a lot of faith in Brandon Staley, watching him leave all his starters in uh, on Sunday. Do you favor Doug Peterson in the coaching matchup here? I, yeah, I give him the edge. That, that was a head scratcher. I mean, we even saw the line, you know, get up to as high as Denver minus six. Everything was pointing to these guys aren't going to play. And, and then they're out there with, with no meaning to be out there. I, I just don't understand why they did that. So, yeah, I lost a little bit of faith. But I stack these two rosters side by side. I think the Chargers are just the more talented team. I and mean, we still have two young, unproven quarterbacks who certainly have all the potential in the world. So that's going to be a wild card in this one. So I lean the Chargers in this game. You know, got to give Jacksonville credit, got to give Peterson credit for them to go out and win this division. But the Chargers, to me, are the more talented team. What I really like, the under in this game. You know, and both mm. of these offenses can be electric, but – a lot of trends pointing to the under here. Jacksonville's gone under in 11 of their last 14 home games. Chargers have played under in five of their last six games. So 47 and a half, big number. Playoffs, things tighten up a little bit. You know, everything is tense. Each possession more meaningful. I think he gets some struggles here from these quarterbacks. Under 47 and a half to me is, is the better bet. It is it's it is a coin flip. That's the thing. I, I would rather, I'm leaning the Chargers, but I'd rather leave that alone. Hope for an uglier game and roll with the under in this one. All right, I like it. All right, listen, Beer. About eight years ago, I'm sitting at a bus stop waiting for my kid to get off the bus from kindergarten, right? I'm talking on the phone with my buddy Matt, who I've been in the fantasy football league with since 1986. He says, have you heard about this daily fantasy sports? I said, eh, sounds scammy. I don't know. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know, he goes, you got to do it. Once you do it, you're never gonna. You're not going to care about our, our fantasy league anymore. You're going to be all in on this. So, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I go home. I poke around. I enter a few contests. A day or two passes, I type in into Google, daily fancy sports, you know, help, whatever. I end up on Roto Grinders. I end up watching your six-pack video, and I still have FanDuel's great. You could go back in time a million years, and you could still see all your stuff. Within the first week, I hit a two-game slate. It was a Saints-Panthers game. I ended up winning like $800. Your six-pack video turned me on to players in that game. I don't remember exactly. You, you are the reason that I am... Uh, yelled at at my wife on a daily basis. Uh, but here, here, here's my real question for you: How how did you get into this? You know, because it was a brand new business back then. How did you get into it? And uh, what do you what do you find is different in the DFS world today compared to you know the the old Wild West days? 
So like everybody else kind of stumbled into it. I, I actually remember I, I'm sitting in a, you know, went back to college. I don't forget. I was around 30 years old or something. Went back, get another degree. And I'm sitting in a, in whatever boring class it was. And I did a lot of fantasy baseball. It was baseball at that time and kind of stumbled upon an ad same like, yeah, this sounds like a scam. I'll, <laughs> I'll check it out. And, you know, I was Fanduel and the doors open. I mean, there, there was a chat room on Fanduel, and there was probably you know, 30, 40 people and we all knew each other and you played against the same people every night. And it just kind of grew from there. I really love the aspect of, you know, fantasy baseball can be a drag the season long setting the lineup every day. And the, the waivers, I, I, you know, I still play a ton of season long football. That's once a week, one night a week, I got to dedicate to waivers. So it's a lot less of a commitment than a, than a season long fantasy baseball league. So uh, it just, it just grew on me and, and I love numbers love stats, love digging into stuff like that. So as it grew, you know, more exposure, you know, met some of the guys at Roto-Grinders out in Las Vegas at one of the football finals. And, you know, that kind of took off to what it has become today. And it's just been a, an incredible ride. I mean, to to be involved in a lot of the marketing campaigns for FanDuel during the time that, that Daily Fantasy was blowing up and to still be playing, still be doing it. A lot of guys have kind of fallen by the wayside, you know, that were big names at, at some point and uh, you never hear from them again. So the long longevity of it uh, and being able to survive that and what has changed to me is back in the day it was a lot of you just using your knowledge using watching the games and and really digging in and having that feeling for it. there weren't optimizers and things like that to me that's been the biggest change which which is good and bad you know I'm I'm still an old school guy I want to write things down pen and paper I want to watch the games I want to I want to use my judgment and, and what I see and nowadays you're, you're outnumbered. You know, these computers are running millions and billions of simulations and we see it in gambling as well. You know, that just the computers are starting to take over and it, it's a good thing for the newer player to put everybody on somewhat of a level playing field where they have access to that information and good projections and can, can build solid lineups. But that has come night and day from when I started. Again, there was none of that. There may have been some projections. Somebody threw together. We're not ownership projections. We didn't know about stacking. You know, you kind of learned all of this as you went. So it's been a, a good evolution for the newer player. The older school guy like myself to, took a lot of adjustments to get used to. How do I use this damn thing? And, you know, getting used to, to running numbers and things like that. So it's come so far in such a short period of time and excited to see what the future holds over the next five, 10 years, the game just continues to evolve. I, I, I can't get, I can't get enough of it. It's just, no, it's I love so it. much fun. Just yep. so much fun. Do you ever, do you ever wish that you, the six pack that some days when it was, it's hard to come up with a, a full six, you maybe a, a little like four pack, like a wine cooler situation. Oh yeah, there, There's days I want to close down the bar. Like I don't like any of the, I don't like any of the picks on the board today. There's other days like, Hell, can we do a 12 pack today? Let, let's go big. It's Friday. Let's start cracking them open. So uh, it's, it's been fun doing the videos and such great feedback from the community. And again, you know, helping people out, like you said, you know, if that got you going into it, you know, it, it's just awesome to be a part of people's fantasy journeys for sure. Yep. All right, man. Thanks beer. Yeah. Great talking to you. Really appreciate your time. Uh, we'll let everyone know. Of course, you can find uh, Chris slash beer, whatever uh, he prefers at Roto Grinders uh, scores and odds and at beer makers fan on Twitter. Thanks so much for taking a little time to talk to us. You know, you wait, guys before you go, we okay. go. <laughs> all right, we're not done yet. Col Columbo's got one last question. For I you. do. I, we had, do you answer to beer? 
like if somebody screams out beer in the middle of the in a restaurant or a bar, you're going to turn your head. I mean, it it does have you know. I'll be out and about, and it's people will give you that like I know you. Is that you? Like give you that look. Like yeah, and, and beer is the name for some reason. And this is not me. You know, I my name is Chris. Nobody calls me Chris in my entire <laughs> life. You know, it's either Prince. Fantasy people all call me beer. Friends of mine that are fantasy players will still call me beer. Now, when my wife starts calling me beer, that, that's where I got to draw the line. She's like, oh, you're still Chris. Or it's, it's Christopher when I'm really in trouble with her. But, uh, yeah, beer is fine with me. So it's it's been a good nickname. Love to drink beer. Love to rec- you know represent the name. Or, or if your kids switch from dad to beer, that'll, that'll be an interesting day. They, they've thrown that out a few times. Oh, like, okay, okay. I, I got to draw the line there. I can't have my daughters calling me beer at school. <laughs> that, that may not go over so well with the teachers. <laughs> well, we'll call you beer at least. So uh, thanks so much much beer appreciate your time you got it guys thank you very much appreciate it good luck this weekend two men ten thousand dollars will they run it up or blow it all it's time to check in on the gamble on bankroll we'll get to bagels and locks and some dfs talk shortly but first let's update our betting bankroll One new bet that we made last week was graded. I took Georgia over TCU, giving 12 points. I should have bet this one points betting style. But uh, but anyway, nice, tidy $100 profit there. We also had lots of NFL futures graded. These were all bets that I had placed prior to you coming aboard, Jeff. Uh, Antonio Gibson, under 974.5 rushing yards. We won that one by about 400 yards, so that's uh, worth $150 in profit. Baker Mayfield, under 3,700.5 passing yards. He also got barely halfway there. We win $100. Kyler Murray, under 530.5 rushing yards. That one, we needed some injury luck, but still, a win is a win, $100 profit. I put $20 on CeeDee Lamb to lead the league in receiving touchdowns at 20-1. to 1. Uh, Didn't come very close there. Uh, but last one, the biggest winner... I took Chiefs and Chargers to finish 1-2 in the AFC West in either order at plus 210 odds for $100, so we won $210 on that. I should note we have a bunch of NFL individual awards bets waiting that are mostly not looking so hot, but we do also have your bet and John's bet on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl at great prices, so we shall see on all that. For now, we won $640 on the week, so we're now down by $1,714, the lowest that number has been in a while. We have $1,395 on Holden Futures bets, leaving us with $6,891 available to bet with this week, and you are up first, Jeff. All right, I'm going to I'm gonna make most of our money back right here. <laughs> uh, I'm scared to hear that, but go on. That's a $150 parlay uh, mm-hmm. at plus 1085 Okay. Keenan Allen, over six and a half receptions. Uh-huh. Chris Godwin, over seven and a half receptions. Saquon Barkley, over 99 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown. It's on DraftKings. Add them all up. It's plus 1,085. Quick rationale. Mm-hmm. Playoff time. Teams are going to do what they got to do to get the ball in the hands of their players. Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, target monsters. They've both hit their overs on these numbers more often than they've not. So I like that. Christian McCaffrey is scoring a touchdown, or my name isn't Diamond Jeff Edelstein. Why should Red Hot Rasky get all the nickname love? <laughs> yes. And uh, Barkley over 99 and a half. I mean, I, I can't imagine how he doesn't get there. Uh, 
they're just going to give him the ball as often and, and as they can. So that's it. That, that I mean, that that's my rationale and all that. And that I'm going to win that parlay. Okay. And so 150 bucks at uh 1085. So that's something like 16, 1700. We're getting back. Yeah. If it hits. All right. We're going to, we're going to zero out our balance. We're going to be right back. All right. I, I, I like it in theory. And, and I like each individual leg. They all, each one makes sense. Will all four deliver? Uh, no, three of them will. Three <laughs> right. of them will. And I'll miss one by like, you know, three yards. Or, right. You know, or, or one catch or something yeah. like that. 100%. Yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> it's funny you bringing up the Red Hot Rasky nickname, which I gave myself in my line it up column around the middle of the season and then kept it going as a running joke. I posted uh, the latest line it up column on Facebook, which I like never do. I once every couple months I'll share one of my articles on Facebook but I posted this one on Facebook which led my wife to read it which she never reads anything and she had to comment back to me questioning red hot rasky and uh, was uh, was rather uh, I guess not not amused by uh, I don't know maybe embarrassed by it I guess is the, is the right word and then I told her look it was her wifely duty to give me that nickname long ago and she failed so I had to give it to myself that's right no I she's she's 1000 percent in the wrong here you you are <laughs> red hot rasky and that's that thank you thanks for having my back appreciate yeah. it what was your nickname again what did you give yourself diamond Jeff diamond Jeff okay yeah. all right I'll, I'll try and uh, drop that into casual conversation <laughs> it's, it's not gonna be easy <laughs> all right uh, for my first bet I'm gonna do a classic three team tease on the NFL's big favorites and, uh, you know, I, I locked this down in real life at better numbers on Wednesday before the Tua news and when there was still some Lamar Jackson optimism. But I still like the bet using the spreads as of Thursday morning with that quarterback news factored in uh, at DraftKings, which, as we've discussed, has much better teaser odds than FanDuel. We're doing a seven point tease to get past a key number in one or two of these. The Niners down from nine and a half to two and a half against the Seahawks. The Bills down from 13 to 6 against Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins. Uh, it was going to be minus 2 yesterday, but uh, so be it. And the Bengals down to minus 1.5 against the Ravens and a quarterback to be named later. I know these are all divisional rivalries, uh, teams that have seen each other twice already, so close-ish games are possible, but I don't see how the Dolphins or Ravens keep it all that close without their starting quarterbacks. As we know, the Bengals are playing lights out right now. And the Niners, I mean, I could certainly see the Seahawks beating the unteased spread here. But getting it under a field goal, that feels pretty safe, given the overall talent gulf between these two teams. So a seven-point tease is plus 130 at DraftKings. Yeah, you know, after after you just tried to make it all back in uh, in in one bet there, I feel like it's pretty lame to go uh, just a hundred dollars to win one thirty. <laughs> so let's let's get crazy: two hundred dollars to win two sixty. I love it. So I, I I I I've lit a fire into Red Hot Rasky. <laughs> you have, you have indeed, Diamond Jeff. All right, uh, my next one here. It's a little bit of a double shot here. Uh, Andrew Putnam to win the Sony Open this weekend. Ten bucks oh. at plus five thousand. To win, okay, uh, and then twenty dollars at plus nine hundred to finish top five. Okay. Ask me why. Ask me why. <laughs> I was about to say, what's the rationale behind this, uh, Diamond Jeff? So, I, you know, I, I I suffer from all manner of you know mental health anxiety and can't sleep and insomnia and all that stuff, mm. and I've discovered that listening to golf podcasts put mm. me to sleep. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I like golf. I'll bet on golf. I'll, but listening to golf podcasts, like pre, like oh, like previews. Well, you know, uh, Justin Spieth, he's really good in Bermuda. Like, I mean, within five it's, minutes, it's, it's, I'm, Jor- it's I'm, Jordan Spieth, I believe. So uh, <laughs> that shows how much attention you're paying. 
Well, I'm sleeping. What do you right. want from me? Right. You know, but tw- twice this week on two different podcasts, I've heard his name mentioned, Putnam, as uh-huh. like a dark horse. So I said, well, I don't know. I'll mention it a third time. Third time's a charm. And and there we go. So Putnam to win. 10 bucks at plus 5,000 and 20 bucks at plus 900 to finish top five. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, I mean, I look. 30 bucks? Right. Yeah, that if, that if that's the worst that can happen, no, uh, no harm done. And uh, I mean, his last name is Putnam. How, how could how could he not be good at, at right. getting the ball in the cup? And, you know, and honestly, the other thing, I need like one of these stupid dumb wins. You know what I mean? Like I right. need I need a I need a non uh, I need a lucky win. That's what right. I'm, that's what I need. I need a lucky win. So that, that's this is where it's I'm a, going. It's a shame you couldn't have just turned to auto pick to do this for you, but it would have been better probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. All right. Um. So uh, for my second bet, haven't placed a boxing bet in a few weeks, and it's time to remedy that. There is a not quite premium level heavyweight fight on ESPN on Saturday. F.A. Ajagba against Stefan Shaw. Very competitive matchup. I was slightly surprised to see the less well-known Shaw as the mild favorite. And I think the best price is on Ajagba to win a decision. Ajagba is a big puncher, so the conventional wisdom seems to be that if he's going to win, it would be by knockout. But I actually think this could be one of those fights where he's the one forcing the fight, producing the offense, but having trouble getting to Shaw and then doesn't hurt him too badly or take him out. But he piles up points with aggression as it goes the distance. And it's only scheduled for 10 rounds, not 12. So better chance that it does indeed go the distance. Ajagba by decision. I found it as high as plus 360, so let's risk 40 bucks to win 144. So I, I've never heard of any of these people, but I do like your rationale that you're giving there, so I, I'm going to bet that one. All right. <laughs> oh, no. Real money on it? Come on. I'm only risking yeah. fake money here. No, I mean, well, I'm going to, well, I'll put like five bucks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Something, something to look forward to. I, I did actually put real money on it. So, uh, so yes, this one has the Red Hot Rasky legit seal of approval. Like. Um, all right. Let's hand out some bagels and locks. Uh, mixed results for us last week. You took over 38 and a half points in the Dolphins Jets game. The final score was 11 to six. <laughs> Just mm. missed on that one. Yeah. Uh, your record falls to a still profitable five and four. Uh, I took the Steelers minus two and a half against the Browns, and it was close for a while but they did end up ultimately winning by two touchdowns. So that win elevates me to a not profitable three, five, and one. And it's my turn to go first this week. And I do like Beer's suggestion of the under in the Jags-Chargers game. That's a strong one. I also like the underdogs with the points in the three close games. Uh, Giants plus three, Jags plus two and a half, Bucks plus two and a half. I like all of those. But they're like 55-45 situations to me. They're not quite true locks. So I'm dipping into the player props for my lock. 49ers number two running back, Elijah Mitchell, with those fresh legs in his second game back after missing time due to injury. His line is 35 and a half rushing yards at points bet. Lock in that over. I figure Shanahan's going to ask Purdy to do as little as possible. He'll want to run the ball. He'll also want to preserve McCaffrey as much as possible especially if they're playing with a lead, which they most likely will be. Mitchell could go for 70 or 80 rushing yards on Saturday. So I love over 35 and a half. That's a lock right there. I like it. Uh, I actually like that one a lot, too. Uh, <laughs> Red Hot Rasky is really, really Let, getting to me. Well, yeah, in, in theory, it, it's, it all sounds good. We'll check back no, next week that, to find out if Red Hot Rasky cost you money. That's an honestly goodness great bet. You know, by the way, Brock Purdy, I think, let me, I'm looking this up. He is the fourth highest Super Bowl MVP odds right now. Mm. Or, you know, fourth lowest. Right. Mahomes, I'm not drafting. Mahomes plus 400, Allen plus 550, Hurts plus 650, and then Purdy 
plus 900. Can you imagine wow. this kid? What's what's McCaffrey? That's a good question. Because I feel right. like how could they how could if, they give it to Purdy? Right. I mean, they could. Right. Right. If he's awesome. But right. Like, but yeah, I would think. I, yeah, I would think if the Niners win, McCaffrey is at least as solid a, a chance as, as Purdy. So yeah, plus eighteen hundred. Okay. All right, my my lock of the week is the Vikings giving three points to the Giants. Uh, I just feel like we're at the top of the Giants. Brian Dable is God. Team of Destiny talk, <laughs> right. and at the very bottom of the Vikings suck. Point differential, you know, blah 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 talk. You know, I think that the Vikings are just objectively a better team than the Giants. Like, they have better talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So, I, I don't know. They're home. They've seen each other once already. The Vikings won by three. I, 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 I wish I could take this at two and a half, but I haven't seen it anywhere at two and a half. Right. So, I'll give the three points and take the Vikings. All right. Well, as, a, as I noted a moment ago, I'm kind of leaning 55-45 the other way, but... Uh... With, I, I, again, I, I, testing is, Diamond Jeff versus Red Hot Rasky here. But this is just to me. This is one of those times where, like the 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 narrative surrounding this is two teams with two with the, with such strong narratives right now. In like mm-hmm. you know, oh, oh, Brian Dable, like he can't do anything wrong. The Vikings are just uh, they're a sham. They're t- right. listen. I, I know the point differential. I know the Vikings their DVOA. <laughs> but right. listen, you you don't win you know whatever twelve thirteen games without like having some talent, right? And I don't know. I, I I think they get through the Giants. Okay. They'll get mashed by the Niners, but I right. think they get through the Giants. Okay. All right. Let's finish up with some DFS talk. Uh, Mr. Edelstein, we have a six-game weekend slate. Uh, can be broken down into various smaller slates. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm pissed off. Because, I mean, every year I, I hope against hope that they make the, the big slate the big tournaments. But mm. they don't. Uh the biggest tournament on DraftKings is like a fifteen dollar, four hundred thousand prize prize pool for the six game slate. Mm. But they have like Millie Makers and like their regular slates for the two and three game slates. I I I, I hate small slates, honestly. Yeah. I play them, but I don't like them because you have to. You can't. You know, there's no no room for error. You know, you have to get everything right. You know, as yeah. I mean, I'm you know, I'll play them, whatever. You know, there's things that are out there that are like you know, on that six game slate, it's interesting to me. You know, you want to jam in like the McCaffreys of the world, but like. I, I was sort of Lenny Fournette is like fifty three hundred, I think, mm-hmm. and James Cooker like forty eight hundred. Yeah. I like the idea of teaming them together. If you think the Bucks are going to win, Lenny's going to have a, a decent game. I think you know they're going to want to feed him the ball. James Cook might be the number one back in Buffalo, and they should kind of roll easily. So maybe Cook gets a few extra carries. So I like that. And then and then you know if you're going to not play McCaffrey, then you play Purdy, right at like fifty three hundred, right. I uh, hope this, you know, pay, you know, the scores come through the air. Now all of a sudden you have money to, to play around with. You know, if you're if you're spending down at running back and quarterback, you know, then you could get Justin Jefferson in. You know, you know, you hope he explodes. So I don't know, but I, I honestly I've spent much more time this week plowing money into underdog playoff best ball than I have DraftKings. <laughs> I have a problem. Yes. Uh, I don't. I really. I don't have a gambling problem because I. Do, I just don't. But I do have an underdog problem. It is so much fun drafting <laughs> teams on underdog. I. I can't stop. Yeah. I, well, it's It's a five dollar entry fee. It's mm-hmm. worth like two and a half dollars just the fun of drafting. Just the experience of the draft, huh? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so everything over that is gravy. But yeah, I. I, I am very deep into that. Looking forward to losing that also. Um, <laughs> 
but now it's all good. I don't know. Anything DFS jumping out at you? So I haven't really looked too closely at it. I haven't built any lineups yet. Like you, I'm, I'm not into the smaller slates as much. I will build a couple of lineups for the full six-game slate, and, and that'll be that, I think. But, uh, you know, following along with my lock pick, Eli Mitchell looks underpriced to me. He's the 21st most expensive running back. Um, so I, I'll probably have a little of him and uh, – I feel like I'm going to end up building a Brady stack. Maybe I'm just chasing his week 17 numbers, but kind of kind of want to go for it on that. Um, but yeah, haven't looked closely at it too much. I, I too would much rather talk about best ball, um, as, as you know, because you retweeted my tweet about it. I did my first ever best ball draft. Now, this was on DraftKings because I don't have an underdog account yet, though I expect that I will by next season. But um, I feel OK about my draft. Uh, we'll see who the hell knows. I had the first overall pick. And I'm just curious for your take. Obviously, you have to take either Josh Allen or Christian McCaffrey. I took Allen. Do you, do you have a stance on whether that's the correct first overall pick? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Uh, I, I do. I mean, you know, if they go to the Super Bowl, you're guaranteed the four games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, you know, as you wrote about in your column on U.S. bets, like they re- obviously are like team of destiny, like times a billion right now. Right. Um, really? I mean, you know, you, you, so, you, this is this yes, is Hollywood stuff. Yes, but they may have to go through the Bengals in uh, in round two, and then I wonder whether a, that that cuts into their team of destiny playing the team that it happened against. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, the Bengals team of destiny stuff is also interesting, right? Because right. they did. I mean, they got screwed a lot by all of this, you know. Yeah. And but you can't like go out and say that, obviously. Right. Obviously. You know, and so, like, I, I'd imagine they're playing not necessarily with a chip on their shoulder, but with the, like, you know, we exist, you know, we, we're here also kind of thing. Right. And well, they haven't lost a game in, what, a million years at this point? <laughs> it's, you it's, know, it's been a while. And, and yeah, they, they, I think they do have a chip on their shoulder because uh, the, was it Joe Mixon, I think, scored a touchdown the other day and did, like, a fake coin flip yeah, thing yeah, to sort yeah. of mock that. And, I do wonder why is there no coin flip or, or neutral field situation if it's Bengals Bills in the next round? Because had the Bengals gone on to win that game, they would have had the same record, and the Bengals could have been the two seed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, right. so I don't know why that one didn't get the neutral field treatment. So they will definitely, if 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 they win and the Bills win and they're traveling to Buffalo, uh, I think I think there's going to be a big time chip on their shoulder. And but yeah, it's almost like whoever wins that game. You might you might kind of lean toward favoring them over the Chiefs in the next round. I would, yeah. I mean, the, the Chiefs, uh, they they have defensive troubles, you know, and and so like their their offense would have to not Mahomes would have to not miss, you know, he'd have to have one of those Mahomians Mahomesians Mahomesian games, <laughs> you know, where he's like you know thirty for thirty four with you know four hundred eighty yards and five scores, you know, because right. it it feels like that's the kind of game it's going to be, especially on a neutral field. It's going to be like in a dome somewhere, obviously, you know, so it's fast track and I don't know. Yeah, but like, yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs, Bills, championship, Chiefs, Bengals, championship game. I mean, those those, uh, mouth watering. Yeah, Um, we haven't talked about the one AFC team that I'm really rooting for just because of best ball. I unintentionally ended up stacking the Jags. Uh, I after I took Allen as a quarterback for my uh, second quarterback, I took Trevor Lawrence, and then and I have Kirk and Zay Jones. It's just kind of the way things fell. So if they happen to go all the way to the Super Bowl, I have a shot at the top prize. I feel like. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, they I, won't, but they won't. but if they did, yeah. But you, know, I mean, but somebody's gonna have there's. That's the thing with these best ball drafts. Like somebody's gonna have like eight Jaguars. 
You know what I mean? They, they, right. they decided they, you know, went into it saying, I'm going to, you know, draft eight drag Jaguars. And, and you know, that's that's that. Right. But uh, I don't I don't care. Best ball is just too much fun. <laughs> it is. All right. I'm 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 on board for all that fun going forward, although I, I won't be building quite as many lineups as you are. Yeah, don't. <laughs> OK, good. Good words of wisdom from Jeff. Don't. Um, and that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks to everybody out there for listening, and thanks again to this week's guest, Chris Prince, a.k.a. Beer. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein, and follow US Bets at US underscore Bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling, and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out. Yeah, you know, I, I was going to do a whole spiel about uh, my best ball troubles, but I just talked about it. So I, so I, right now, you, just, you have to understand, I'm not like I, I've spent like I've built like 160 teams. Like I have, oh a, lot, I have a lot. I just don't stop. At, at, fi- it, at five bucks a piece? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I basically, you know, and last year I, I made the best ball finals. You know, right. not this, you know, last year I did. And I won like a thousand bucks. So I've now I, I have plowed every last dime that I made last year. And that I like kind of lost this year back into playoff <laughs> best ball. So I'm I really, really, really would like to win. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be like a Giants Jaguar Super Bowl, and I will have zero players. <laughs> and so I, you know, I, that's the kind of year I've been having. But at least, at least, at least I can guarantee, well, near guarantee myself, you know, a buck and a quarter from Rob Gronkowski's field goal efforts during the <laughs> Super Bowl, which will allow me. That bucket a quarter, listen, it's a start. It will allow me to continue to gamble on. Mm-hmm.